Museum of the Moving Image welcomes you to the Pinewood Dialogues Online, an archive of conversations with innovative creative figures in film, television, and digital media. Visit Museum of the Moving Image in New York City or online at www.movingimage.us. Just a quick introduction for Michael Fassbender, who was in the Steven Spielberg, Tom Hanks miniseries Band of Brothers in Zack Snyder's film 300. Uh, he then got a starring role in Francois Ozone's film Angel, which was um, a great breakthrough performance for him. And of course, he got incredible acclaim last year with his movie Hunger, where he played Bobby Sands, an amazing performance. And um, of course, you saw him all in Inglorious Bastards this year. And we're really thrilled that he's here with us tonight. Uh, please welcome Michael. Michael Fassbender. Hi. Thank you. Hello, everyone. <laughs> I love Good. New York. It's great, <laughs> great, great city. Probably one of the best cities in the world, I would say. <laughs> so it's a great pleasure to be here. Great. And... Um, to start on a very low level, I, I read on uh, a comment on Twitter that, said, that it described you as the future sexiest man alive. And I didn't know if that meant that you would become sexier in the future or if, um, if you would just be recognized in the future. If you're They're very accurate people at Twitter. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I really uh, I, I don't know really what to say. I don't know much about Twitter, actually. Um, okay. Well, you're well-liked there. Excellent. Uh, so, thanks to Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this film... You know, usually I think actors want to look at scripts for films, but from what I understand, this was an unusual process because of the way that the director, Andrea Arnold, worked, which was that um, she didn't want you, the actors, to see the script. So could you talk about why you got involved with this film and, and uh, in the first place? Well, yeah, I, um, I'd seen Red Road, mm-hmm. and uh, I really, really enjoyed that film, and I thought she was pretty unique in the way that, you know, she sort of displays her characters, you know, she writes them and directs them, but th- there's not much judgment going on there. It's, uh, it's you know, it's th- th- there's nothing ever black and white with her. It's not like you've got your hero and your villain. You know, everybody is doing, <clears throat> you know, positive things and, uh, and also, you know, uh, destructive things to one another. And, and, and just a real sort of good... Um, you know, grasp on, on human behavior. So uh, I knew that I could learn a lot by working with her. And although, you know, it's a very much different process for me not having a script because usually I will approach things and read a script over and over and over and over again and mm. really have it very well prepared before before I get on set. So, you know, she's a master at her job. So I just, you know, I threw my trust in her. She clearly... Um encourages fearlessness in her actors. I mean, the, the you know, in Red Road, I mean, it's a very powerful film. There was, of course, an incredibly graphic um, sex scene. Not, there's nothing quite like that in this film, but, but I'm sure you expected sort of anything goes, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I thought I was going to sleep with the whole family when she first sort of gave me the <laughs> breakdown of, uh, <laughs> of, the, of the story when I spoke to her on the phone. So, you know, I was expecting the worst uh, 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 and then it was just a matter of, you know, <laughs> saying a few Hail Marys and, and getting stuck in. <laughs> <laughs> and so what was very interesting, of course, is that you're working um, with uh, this actress, Katie Jarvis, who had never been in a film. I mean, I think the story about how she was cast was pretty amazing. So could you... Yeah, she was... Um, they were uh, uh, looking for this, you know, the character Mia, and 
she was discovered on a on a train station platform, and she was yelling across the platform at her boyfriend who was on the other side, and they were in some sort of heated debate. And the casting director, you know, approached her and uh, and said, you know, do you want to be in a film? And I think she was like, fuck off or something, you know, right. to that to that effect. Um, and then you know she came on board, and the thing with Katie, which is really interesting, is that she's got a real natural, intuitive gift of of just sort of being very honest and real. You know, there's no flower, there's no sort of frills to her acting. She's just like a laser. You know, she's really very, very sort of honest and and raw and uh you know i just had to try and sort of keep up with her really she's uh she's quite a force hmm. and um what was your understanding of your your character it's a very interesting character he's not quite um in control of what he's doing it seems i mean the way that the, it's not the sort of planned seduction no i mean that was i think why probably andrea didn't want me to have a script um, so, you know, I don't think he's a, a premeditated character at all in terms of what actually sort of happens. I think he's an irresponsible kind of individual. I think he, he'd rather run away from his, fro- his problems than, f- than face yeah. them. Uh, and, you know, for, you know, as you've just seen, for, you know, most of um, his influence in the family is a positive one. I mean, he's the only one that sort of tells Mia that she has a possibility of you know, being great at something, that she has a talent um, and gives her some self-belief, which she's not getting, you know, in her life at all. And I think that's quite a common thing in these working-class neighborhoods. I'm sure it's the same here. It's a universal thing. These kids are never really told that they're good at anything and, and, and have a potential. And I think in that way, he was a really sort of positive influence in her. But then, you know, this is a household full of women and and they're obviously lacking a male sort of influence and unfortunately he gets drunk and uh you know uh, abuses that 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 position um but at no point i don't think he he was he was setting out to do that right yeah. what was that scene like to play i mean that was a very tense uncomfortable yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know uh <laughs> especially the lines you know that I had to sort of say I, was, I, I said to Andrea when we were can I, I looked at her and I was like you didn't keep that line in there did you <laughs> and of course you know she did but uh, it, you know the m- most important thing was to just make sure that Katie was relaxed and, and comfortable and, and, and didn't feel like uh, I was taking advantage of her in, or in any way uh, so I just, you know, tried to sort of make a fool of myself as much as I could and just, you know, keep sort of jo- jokes running and, uh, and, and you know, just, you know, try and get it right the first time. You know, I didn't want to do many takes because obviously it was difficult for her and, you know, it's kind of weird for me as well. But, um, you know, you just have to sort of dive in head first and, and go for it, really. And what was the process like? I understand that this was a f- um, unusual in that the film was, was really shot in sequence, which is not usually how a film is shot. So yep. why was that done? And what was well, it? you know, that's down to Andrea. You know, she was very sort of uh, religious about that. It was very important for her to do it that way. And obviously, because we didn't have a script, it was kind of the only way to do it. There was no way we could jump to uh, right. an end scene, uh, you know, not having sort of discovered what's happening as we go. Uh, and you know it's a it's 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 a rarity, as you say, in films to to be given that that uh, privilege to, to to do things in chronological order. 
but uh, it was it was definitely uh, a necessity, you know, especially due to the fact that you know none of us had a script. And what was the I guess sort of rehearsal process like? I mean, a number of the reviews talked about the chemistry, I mean, the sort of tension and chemistry between the characters. And I read one interview with Andrea Arnold where she said, you know, that was not, like, there wasn't that kind of sexual tension, like, between the actors, for real. This was, act, um, so... No, Katie just had a baby, though, which is kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, you know, there wasn't, I mean, you know, the thing is, you're in that sort of two-bedroom uh, council estate flat yeah. and uh, you know Andrea's got a very pared down crew it's very minimal very intimate setting you know we all were hanging out with each other and, and you know and, and very relaxed with each other it was a very easygoing atmosphere you know mm-hmm. um, and then you know within that she creates a very safe environment to, to work in and that's full credit to Andrea really she just gives a very you know trusting environment and uh, she's very um, she's just very careful with her actors and very appreciative and uh, and, and therefore it, it's easy, it's easier to take risks and, and explore you know right and could you talk about the neighborhood the type of neighborhood apparently was um, similar to what she grew up in herself I mean I think she doesn't view this neighborhood with with condescension or with um, she, I mean, her own feelings about it seem to come from her, her, her experience. Could you talk about that? Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I don't really know much about her upbringing or, you know, her childhood. But I was having this conversation earlier with somebody. I think it's very important not to judge or, uh, uh, you know, throw uh, your sort of version of, of somebody else's life. You have to totally respect uh, these people, you know, uh, and, and, and sort of, you know, do it in a very um, warm way. It's like, for example, if you're playing like a, you know, a psycho, it's much more interesting if you're just an, a normal person rather than the guy that comes on, you know, with crazy eyes from the beginning. Um, because it's much more, I think it's much more interesting if you think that anybody is capable of doing these things, you know, and I think that was the important thing with Connor. It's like he's a normal guy and, you know, that. The, the, the capabilities of doing these things are within all of us, you know. Mm-hmm. So, how did you make the choices? I mean, if you didn't have a script much in advance to work with, like I'm just curious about what the re- rehearsal process was. Was there room to play around with the characters, sort of day, you know, day to day? Yeah, we didn't really, you know, rehearse. I mean, we would do we would do the scripted dialogue as it was written, and everything was, you know, there was a script there, uh, and then. Andrea would let us improvise as well. And um, especially with Rebecca, who plays Tyler, she was very good off script. She was fantastic at improvising. <clears throat> but she would uh, at times freeze up a little bit when the, when she was working off the script. And again, you know, you think you know the lines the night before when you've sort of done them, you know, 10, 15 times. And I know that for sure. That's why I was a bit nervous because it takes me so long to uh, <laughs> to learn them, even if it is like five lines. Um, so I would sort of bounce between using the script with Katie and then just sort of throwing random things uh, at uh, Rebecca. And there was a, just, again, a very sort of free and loose atmosphere to, to play around with different ideas. Yeah. Um, and uh, But, the, you know, we did pretty much what you see on the screen is, is scripted. I mean, there's a few moments where, where, as I say, especially with Rebecca, I would do a lot of sort of, you know, improvising with her. 
Could you talk? I'm going to throw it open to the audience in a minute, but I'm just wondering if you could talk about what you see it sort of was going on in Connor's mind and some of the earlier scenes. I mean, there's like cer- certainly seeds of what's going to happen. Yeah. yeah when he I, takes her to the bedroom and addresses her, for example. Well, no, um, I thought that was pretty sort of in- innocent, really. I, yeah. didn't, I didn't think that that was a questionable scene. I just thought uh, that was quite sort of, you know, a nurturing sort of moment. The moment where I thought, okay, hang on a sec, that's a bit weird, is when he's got her on his lap and he starts, hey, yeah. where are you going? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, when, when he has her on her, his lap and, he, and, he, and he's uh, smacking her, you know, her backside, right. that, that's, uh, you know, that's a little bit weird. And, uh, and, but, you know, th- I think that was, th- that was more of a dramatic thing than yeah. really sort of what I was doing with Connor. I mean, I just tried to keep Connor really kind of just loose and easy and as close as to myself uh, as possible. I just wanted him to be more sort of, uh, uh, as you know, a positive in that household as long as he would be and could right. be. Uh, and then those moments, you know, I think were, were there, for, as I say, for more of a dramatic purpose of yeah. perhaps things that would come, building up a, a sexual tension or, you know, where an audience are going, wait a sec, what, what was that that I just saw there? Something on the cards here, you know? Yeah. Uh, okay, so let's take some questions, and I'll I'll repeat them just to make sure everybody can hear. So right over here. So can you talk about the songs? These were sort of classic hip hop songs. Can you talk about the selection of music? Yeah, I mean. Oh, these were old. Like. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think that's probably because they were the songs Andrea liked, to be honest. Um, yeah, I think, you know, she, she's, she really loves music and, uh, and they, you know, they, I think they're probably songs that were close to her. I mean, we didn't, you know, I didn't have any input on the music at all, really. So, well, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right over here. Was it supposed to be significant in the fact that your character was obviously American? I don't know. He wasn't, actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't that's know. just my fucked up accent. Uh, <laughs> I, sort of people always think I'm Canadian, but uh, I'm actually Irish in disguise. Uh, yeah, that's just the way I speak. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Maybe it's just American behavior or something. I don't know. Over here. I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> Over here. How, okay, how long did the shoot take? Uh, as far as I can remember, it was um, five or six weeks. Yeah, mm. we worked pretty fast. Again, that uh, you have the sort of luxury of doing that when it's... Uh, obviously, there's not a lot of effects, you know, involved and, um, and a small crew. So we did, we did, we, did, we moved pretty quickly. And are you looking at your own performance at all as it's going on? Are you looking at video or dailies or anything like that? <clears throat> on this one, I don't think I looked um, yeah. that much. Uh, but I do, you know, every now and again check the monitor. Usually if I'm, tr- if I, if I'm a bit sort of confused, you know, um, or if I'm a bit worried that what I'm trying to sort of display is coming across uh at all or uh, <laughs> or or if it, it you know if it's not being read well part of what's coming across is con- is connor's own confusion i mean i like the reaction after <laughs> after that sex scene i mean just the sort of look of terror on your face at your yeah. what you've done yeah i mean um that's always a good excuse for me i was like well that's his confusion not my confusion <laughs> but uh no you know it's uh like i like i said earlier i you know i just sort i suppose like this 
character i i kept i didn't really put any layers on it you know mm-hmm. i think um that's always an interesting thing as well with characters that you, you you play that you don't necessarily have to have to put that many layers on them because the actions that they do describe their personality you know so i just kind of kept it free and easy hmm. okay right over here Okay, so I guess if you could talk about the dichotomy of the character, because you say yeah, we're not supposed to be you've judgmental. You've got like a notepad there, which is kind of scaring me. <laughs> you've been taking notes through the whole film. Pro- um, yeah. I, I actually have to disagree with you. I don't think he's a monster. I don't think he's a predator. I think he's a human being. I think, um, you know, all of us, I think, uh, like I said earlier, do positive things with each other. And um, obviously there was something going on in his his marriage which forced him, like I said earlier, he's not the kind of guy that will confront a situation head on. He'll run away from it. He's an escapist. He's, he, he lacks responsibility. But I don't think that makes him a monster. I think uh, he, it means that he's got weaknesses for sure. And, um, you Doesn't know. Doesn't want to grow up like the. Yeah. The uh, that he's yeah, I mean, yeah. He, he, exactly. You know, I think he, he, he just doesn't take a lot of responsibility in, in his life. But I don't think he's the kind of guy that, you know. I don't think he was watching that family for weeks, you know, and preying on on on, on a sort of you know a, a weak person. I think he got drunk and and he was feeling pretty low about himself. And you know that's the thing about him; he's always light on the surface, but if you scratch it a little bit, there's you know there's an unhappy person within himself. Uh, so, I you know I have to disagree. I don't see him as a monster. I think what he what he did was wrong. He definitely crossed the boundary there. I think when you've got a 16 year old girl. <clears throat> you know, fifteen, sixteen. You're coming into. I think, especially for women, they mature so much quicker than we do, um, but uh, not as fast as I think they think themselves, especially sexually and at that age. And she was looking for, you know, uh, a strong male figure in his life, and obviously she kind of, you know, she looked up to him, and he crossed the line, which isn't really a good thing to do, but. Uh, I don't think it was premeditated. Well, I'm pr- I'm sure that's the way that's the way I saw him anyway. That it wasn't premeditated. Hmm. Back there, go ahead. So she likes how your character brought a sort of lightness and wonder to Mia's world. And if you could specifically talk about the fishing scene. Yeah, I forgot about it. I was like, what fish? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, um, Yeah, I mean, we filmed that actually twice. We went down to the lake and um, we kind of ran out of time that day. 
uh, and filming it. But uh, there was a guy who ran a, a carp uh, lake, which is basically, you know, you can go game fishing, you catch the fish and then you release them again. And so what he did was he had a little box in the lake, which was under the water, obviously, and there was a carp swimming in the box, so I just had to sort of stick my hand in the box and, and, and catch it. You know, it made me look very good, I have to say, but, uh, you know, that was all trickery. <laughs> <laughs> okay, back there. Okay, the scene with the prostitutes, she says, was very tender. Was that sort of... <laughs> the what? Oh, the horse. Oh, the horse. What movie were you watching? Horse. I think she's saying horrors. Okay, the horse. That's the next film. Okay. <laughs> I know something about this horse. That, um, so, could you talk about the horse? The, the, uh, the horse? Um, whatever you want to talk about, yeah. No, that was, that, was, that was definitely in the script. But, you know, the thing is, I didn't know any of those other scenes. I only knew the scenes that I was in, you know, so I never, until I saw the film, uh, uh, and I've only seen it the once uh, uh, when, it, when it premiered in Cannes, um, but that horse was always, was always there, and I think from what I can gather, I guess, it was sort of that idea that Mia was this sort of strong, you know, uh, personality, but also very vulnerable, and the idea that she, she's, you know, the horse for her was something that she wanted to free, you know, that it was that it was captured and chained down, and she wanted to see it run wild, you know. But I don't know. That's that's definitely a question for for Andrea. Okay, back here. <laughs> no, I, I was scared shitless. I, I mean, uh, yeah, you know, I, you never know, really. I mean, yes, you do at times, but yeah, I, I didn't really know, to be honest. I, I kind of think I thought I made a balls of it, um, uh, and I was I was very nervous at Cannes, you know, to sort of see w what exactly um, I had done. Uh, but <laughs> you know, it was it was. There, I guess that maybe another tool of Andrea's to sort of, you know in a way destabilize you and, and, and sort of have you in a, in a position of, of, of non-comfort, which I think is, is always interesting, you know, to sort of um, be in a place where, where you are fearful and you are taking risks. Perhaps something creative comes out of that, but then you need a very good person at the helm of it all to control it, you know, and she's a master really, so full credit to her. So what was that first screening like? Was the first time you saw it with an audience, or, or did you...? Yeah, no, that was the first time I saw it, full stop, you know. Um, it's, yeah, it's, al it's always a little bit terrifying, uh, but I, I, I really, you know, I think it's a beautiful film. I really do yeah. think she captured something special, and, you know, it's, it's interesting, you know, this gentleman was saying earlier, you know, obviously this, you know, the things that happen in it do invoke... Uh, evoke you know a lot of sort of um, questions in an audience's mind. You know, yeah. what, well, how should we feel about this character and and the various characters? You know, Mia's mother as well. You know, they they do pretty extreme things, and I think that's always good. You know, when you leave a, a, a cinema and, 
and you're left questioning things at the end of it rather than getting spoon-fed. Yeah. You know. Okay, uh, just a few more. We'll go back here. Yes. Yeah, oh, good question. The, a- the aspect ratio is the old four by three, you know, the old sort of what's called the academy ratio, but it's uh, sort of squ- almost square ratio. Can you talk about that decision? Yeah, that, again, had nothing to do with me, but uh, <laughs> very well observed because that was something that they were explaining to me. Uh, Robbie, who, uh, Robbie Ryan, who was the DP on it, is super you know, supreme talent. I mean, for, mo- for all of the film, he had the camera on his shoulder. There was never a tripod out. And uh, that format was something that him and uh, uh, Andrea really believed in and, and thought it was, it, it, it was a very beautiful way to capture a, a world, you know. And perhaps also that idea of being at times very claustrophobic, you know. And that's why it's, it's quite a nice scene when they get out to the country and you have all this open space as opposed to like these high-rise buildings, you know, and small flats and everybody on top of each other. Hmm. Yeah, okay, right down here. How did yeah, a lot of them are in it. <laughs> people in the estate, sorry. Right, no, 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 go ahead. But yeah, just how they felt about the movie. Um, yeah, we have a lot of them in it in the party scene. I remember there was one guy actually who's always got his... T- shirt off in it his girlfriend was really angry because he was dancing with another girl and <laughs> some shit kicked off there and uh you know it, it's a real estate i remember they sort of somebody threw some nappies down off the yeah. uh sorry diapers off the off the you know 15th floor or whatever and uh you know it was uh but they you know they were a good bunch you know as as long as you uh as long as you include them you know and and, and and tell them what's going on, then, you know, they're, they're, they're very open people with it, you know. Okay, just, I, okay, one more, and then, yeah, go, oh, no, go ahead. Well, <clears throat> that's a good point, because um, she started off, actually, doing wildlife documentaries. And, uh, <laughs> and when I did, you know, have to kill the fish, she was horrified. She, she, you know, she, she's a real sort of animal lover, and uh, it really sort of disturbed her when I uh, drove that um, stick through the fish's mouth. Uh, she's, she, yeah, she's got a real... Uh, affinity for the animal kingdom, for sure. <laughs> and there are whores in Red Road. <laughs> there are whores in Red Road, yeah. More whores, that's what I say. <laughs> um, just a last thing. Since you've worked with so many amazing d- directors, um, Tarantino and uh, Ozone, I think, is a great director, and Steve McQueen, could you just say a word about some of the different directors, uh, sort of comparing them? Or Yeah, I mean, you know, I've just been so incredibly lucky. You know, like you just named off, you know... Uh, amazing list of, of directors um, like you said Francois gave me a, a chance when nobody knew really who I was and uh, you know there was a lot of big sort of names on that list f- for the part of Esme and you know he gave me a go and then you know Steve obviously with Hunger which is always very close to my heart I have to say it will always be very special to me uh, it's you know like I say I mean 
all I'm trying to do is, is learn as much as I can and and with people like that in charge it's it makes my job so much easier you know and I, I just sort of try and soak up as much as I can uh, and then you've got someone like Tarantino who I've you know since I started off I, I mean I when I was 18 I got all my uh, mates together and I directed uh, you know a stage version of Reservoir Dogs and played Mr. Pink <laughs> so I was pinching myself a lot on set thinking Jesus you know here right. he is here directing me so you know I've just uh, I've been very lucky Could you tell us anything about what's coming up for you? Yeah I'm um, going to be working with Soderbergh uh, in Dublin at the beginning of February and then uh, I'm going to be doing uh, Jane Eyre uh, 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 right after that in England, and then uh, going to be working with Cronenberg uh, in Berlin. So, okay, not too shabby. So right, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, well, congratulations on this piece of work, and thanks so much for being here tonight. Thanks so okay. much. Thank you so much, everyone. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening. The Pinewood Dialogues at Museum of the Moving Image are made possible by generous support from the Pannonia Foundation. To learn more about the museum, visit www.movingimage.us.